0: Because I think every innovator, um, anybody that's leading a team, you're going to make some mistakes. And I tell my group at my company, if you make a mistake, raise your hand as fast as you can, and we just forget about it. Now, if they make it twice, we might have a problem. But (laughs) once, it's always okay. And we have that environment of people taking on responsibility.
1: Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emo intelligence the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, sitting behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. And it is from the show that's been voted number three on the top 15 podcasts on emotional intelligence by Feedspot. And so... I am excited that you are listening to one of the top shows right now, and I'm in the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute, where I'm going to dig into the vault and get today's show so that what you've come for, you will have. So let me reach in right here and get today's show. There it is. I got it. I got it. and put it down right here. And now we can dive into today's show. And on today's show, we are going to be having a conversation about a topic that I believe every one of us can relate in one way or another. Have you ever made a mistake? Have you had others who you've led made mistakes? When that happened? How did you look at that mistake? Was it like the world came to an end? Did people around you freak out? Well, we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more with our guest today, Stephen Stephen Key. You will hear me introduce him, but some things we're going to talk about has to do with that, how to frame it, how to tame it, how to name it. And I'm just making those up as I go, right? But it sounds good to me. And and what to do about it instead. And, and, And can it be an asset rather than a liability? Well, those are some of the questions we're going to answer, plus a whole lot more when it comes to innovation, productivity, creativity, And so on. But before we get there, I must welcome you. If this is your first time, thank you so much for coming. And let's not make this the first and only, but the first of many other visits. And bring someone with you next time. This is your umpteenth time and not your first time, let's put it that way. Thank you so much for taking the time to return and listen and support and be a part of this community, this actually movement that we are creating. Because of you, this show is doing well. And as I mentioned, it is being positioned to actually, it's being positioned as the number three show in the area of emotional intelligence of the top 15 shows. On that topic, so thank you for making that possible. One last thing here, and that is to remind you that this show is being brought to you by Kingspire Communications, and Kingspire Communication is the place, a hub where leaders and companies, organizations can go and find helpful. Can, I mean, connect in a manner where you can be helped to turn around your environment that you currently have. That may not be up to par you want more productivity you want more um, profit you want people to be more to feel more pleasant uh, to be have a pleasant experience at work but it's not happening well how do you make that a reality well through the speaking coaching consulting and keynote that at Kingspire communication is how to connect and schedule an experience of a lifetime. Go to kingsleygrant.com and let's begin the process there. Now, my friend, without further ado, would you put your hands together and help me welcome to the show our guest, Mr. Stephen Key? Thank you for joining me on the Kingsley Grant Show, where leadership and emotional intelligence skills intersect. This show is designed for leaders who want to turn around toxic work environments and get better results, and who wants to know what works and what doesn't work in today's workplace. Today, we have a special guest on the show. His name is Stephen Key. Let me tell you a few things about Stephen, and we'll fill in the rest as we go. Stephen Key is a world's leading expert in licensing consumer product Ideas and a 2018 2019 American Association for the Advancement of Science, Lemelson Invention Ambassador. He is a co founder of Right, a coaching program which helps people license their product ideas. In 2017, he co founded Inventors Groups of America with the goal of educating and empowering inventors and inventing group leaders. He is also the co-founder of of Invent Yes, a free program for high school students worldwide. And in 2019, he taught students at the University of Newcastle in Australia his 10-step strategy for licensing ideas, originally published in his best-selling book, One Simple Idea. He's also the author of Sell Your Ideas With or Without a Patent. And I'm looking forward to speaking with him and asking the questions that you are you wanted to hear today, so Stephen, how are you doing sir well i'm
0: I'm doing well, thank you very much and um, just listening to that intro, I'm a little bit like, who is that guy? So thank, so thank you very much.
1: I appreciate it. Well, what it is that uh, a person who's listening may not be able to see, as I look at your backdrop, I can say, he is that guy, because it's there. And just for the sake of you who are not seeing this, let me just quickly say that Stephen's backdrop is fair with the things he've created and things his students have done. And I thought it was a very genius idea. I said, man, when I grow up, I want to have a backdrop like that. (laughs) So, Stephen, where in the world is Stephen today?
0: What a great question. I live up on the east side of the lake, Lake Tahoe. I'm on the Nevada side. And, of course, we have about a couple feet of snow outside. So I'm inside. (laughs) It's nice and warm and it's, it's pretty to look at. I just don't want to get out in it.
1: That's... <laughs> well, I'm glad you're in a, a nice, cozy place, which is great, so we can actually be able to uh, deliver the content for our, our audience without having to be shivering through the process. So, Stephen, the question I open up for my audience and I, I always ask all my guests is this. When you hear the word um, or phrase leadership, what comes to your mind
0: well, that's a really interesting word because I think um, leadership to me is, is uh, extremely important to me now in my career to, the, to lead the next generation when it comes to uh, inventing products. And it takes, I think, time to, to be ready for that role. I don't think it's a role that you just kind of walk into as a young man. So at my age I think I'm ready for it and it means a lot to me to lead the next generation because when I first started out I had someone that led me
1: mm-hmm.
0: and without that mentor uh, I don't think I'd be here today so I think it's extremely important
1: So, so I'm hearing two things that came out of that brief um, explanation Stephen is it needs a person who's going to be a great leader or effective leader has to be patient um, because I heard that came out and also that there's some mentorship. That takes place when there's when that word leadership is. You're hearing that word leadership.
0: No, absolutely. I think um, it takes time, and I think it takes desire to want to lead. It's not mm. easy. It's not an easy role. I don't think. I for me to give back. I think that's a lot with with leadership. It's really giving back of yourself. Mm. Uh, is a time and place each individual maybe comes to. Mm. Uh, and, or maybe it just gets rusted into that role at an early age. I don't know. I, yeah. I think I think it's it's a difficult role.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, you have to think outside yourself.
1: I, I love the phrase, you, the word you use, because you say it has to be a desire, which had me thinking then that possibly not everyone who is actually be, is put into a leadership role may need to be, should it be, actually be there?
0: Well, maybe they shouldn't. I, I think it. It takes a commitment, a dedication, and and like I said earlier, I think you have to think of this outside your, your own needs and wants, right? Because you're you're really looking at what other people are going to need. Mm. And so that's not a comfortable role for a lot of people, I think. Mm. I think if you're a little bit older and you maybe you've achieved, achieved some of the things that you really wanted to, it's much easier to jump in that role. Mm. Uh, I... For myself, it's an important role now for me, because like I said earlier, someone was leading me down that road, and I needed that that mentorship I needed that leadership, and it had a big impact on me mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. To, to, to have the opportunity to to lead the next generation is very important to me
1: you know i i, I there's something that is kind of um eating at me as I hear you because I'm thinking of, which I get feedback so often and I see myself in my own experience I've seen in the past. If a person doesn't have a desire and a commitment and and seeing leadership not just as a position or a title, it could really have some negative ramifications on the working environment, would you say? Well,
0: it shouldn't. Maybe it does. I, for me... The leadership is, uh, is an honor to be mm. able to lead. Mm. And I, I think you have to be willing to give of yourself and you have to do it in such an honest place to, to lead, I think. Yeah. And I think people know the difference, too. They, people lead when you're able to, to help them. You're giving information or content or advice that is truly helpful. And they can sense it. People can sense a leader, I, yes. I think, and and they jump on, and they they know that you're giving enough, and you're willing to give enough mm. to where you're not afraid of it, and you're not afraid to lead, and you're not afraid to make mistakes. Mm. And I mm. think people do sense that, and they're they're willing to to follow.
1: You know, I, and I really appreciate that framing because I find sometimes even that. Um, like you said about the the patience, the willingness, but also something you kind of from circled back to was a willingness to do to do something for others outside of yourself and to become selfless is almost and to serve and and I find some leaders who who don 't have that mindset or that makeup because they don 't have that leadership with leadership within them or have a mentor like you were can create havoc because I find that people around them senses that they are maybe it got to their head the position and they don't have that mindset of the heart so they can create a toxic work environment
0: see i I come from the position that when you're leading you're giving Mm. and you cannot give enough
1: Mm.
0: and if you keep if you have that philosophy that if you if you give of yourself uh, to others I think there's a there's a bigger picture that happens. People do sense that, but also, what you get back, you get back tenfold. Mm. And it has to be authentic. It has to be very transparent. And it um, if you have any other type, if you have another motive, <laughs> um, I don't think it works. I think people can sense it very quickly, and they they feel that it's not authentic. Uh, but the the role of leadership. It's not for everyone, I think, but once you once you see the impact it can have on someone, mm. I I I don't. For me personally, it's something that it's very important, and, and it's, it's important to do it right. It's yeah. important to to give the right information, the right guidance, to the best of your ability, yeah. and also really to admit when you're wrong at times because you don't get it right every time.
1: Yeah.
0: And ask enough questions um, that if you don't have the answers, just, you know, I, I love the the saying that the smartest people, or maybe the, the people in the room that that are asking questions because they just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a big part of, of being a leader is saying, look, these are some things I don't know, but I can find out and have the confidence to know that you can't find those, those answers out for people.
1: You know, I, I think what I like, I, I'm hearing leaking through what you're saying, Stephen, is that. Because uh, the idea of the inventor mind, because I think you're saying, obviously, for you, making mistakes, taking some risks, stepping out there is part of what you do to be able to find the right, right? So so that leader would have to also be willing to step outside, take possible risk, make mistakes, and allow people to be okay with others making mistakes if they're going to have a very healthy, viable kind of um, team, would you say?
0: I think in, in order to stay ahead, to keep um, keep innovating, to, um, to just to move ahead in any business, you're going to make mistakes. So I, I don't look at them as mistakes. I think no. you, you learn from them and you move on. So, yes, I'm very comfortable with making mistakes because I think every innovator, any, um, anybody that's leading a team, you're going to make some mistakes. And I tell my group – At my company, if you make a mistake, raise your hand fast as you can, and we just forget about it. And I I like that because everybody's not afraid that I'm going to try something new to move move the business forward. Mm. And I like that. I like that they're taking initiative, and I like that we give them the freedom to take that initiative. And if they do, and something goes wrong, just raise your hand, admit it, and. All's forgotten now if they make it twice we might have a problem but yeah. once it's always okay yeah. and we have that environment of people taking on responsibility taking mm. on certain jobs that we don't even ask for they just take it on and that's mm. when i know that we're really we're working together as a team
1: how how does a leader you know i, I love the phrase by the way Make a mistake, raise your hand as quick as you, or fast as you can. That's really great. I love that. That's, I, I see that as something that, oh yeah, okay, if I make a mistake and I know that I can just raise my hand and say, hey, I make a mistake and uh, people are going to come to my rescue or helping me, it's going to be great. But how does a person, like a leader, um, Stephen, because it create such a culture where People can begin to feel safe. What might be something he or she may need to think about doing or do to create that kind of dynamic where people may raise their hand as quickly as they can?
0: Well, that's a great question because people are hesitant to do that. And it usually starts with the first mistake they make. Where <laughs> It's a great time to kind of mention that or, or just tell them. What's important, and for me, what's important is nothing's ever going to be perfect. It's impossible. And and I have this philosophy that if you're 80% there, we ship it. We ship mm. it out. The door. So I don't want someone to overthink it or, or or slow down the movement of a project just because they're scared of failure. It's going to happen. So we just have a conversation about this is where we want to be on such and such a date. If you cannot hit it, raise your hand as fast as you can. If you make a mistake, raise your hand and we just move forward. It allows the freedom to to make those mistakes knowing that you're not going to get called upon it. Right? Mm. Actually, it's celebrated to tell you the truth a little bit. Mm. Because we we know you, you you moved forward you shipped it you, you got this off your desk you're doing something and I like that I'm not afraid of I we run a you know we we run a tight ship it's a small it's a small group but we give enough freedom for people to do that and I think they come back and they they own it you know that's the whole thing of I think about any project you want your team to to really um, own it. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is my project and I can run it and I have the support of everybody and they're going to, if I do fail, I'm going to raise my hand. And I'm going to have other team members to help me up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's always a team. Mm-hmm. It, it truly is. No one ever gets very far without having all these people underneath them. So uh, good mm-hmm. communication and giving people the, the room to make mistakes. It takes uh, It takes everybody a little bit of time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they usually to get there.
1: So, so with it sounds like a top down kind of approach when it comes to that, where the leader number one has to feel secure in him or herself that you know it's okay and and be able to communicate that in a manner where people can know that it's not just a I'm making a statement. It sounds good, it feels good, but I truly, genuinely want you to do these things to experiment. Because I find, and you can tell me here, Stephen, if you see this to be true in your setting as well where it also helps a person to bring their best game and feel more confident. And so personal development is taking place in the process as well. Would that be also part of this whole idea?
0: Absolutely. I I, I believe if you bring someone on that you have enough confidence they're going to do the right job, or you maybe you. if not, you, you better train them to do the right job. <laughs> There's a responsibility to that. But at the end... Um, we we like to move very quickly. We like to be very current. We like to be fast on our feet. Um, today, I think you have to be all those things. So I think the culture that we're trying to, um, you know, try to, to develop with each and every person is understanding what our goals are, understanding what their goals are, and seeing if we can achieve both. But I... I guess our our deadlines are so tight that you're going to just naturally make some mistakes. But I think it's fine because if, if you can move the ball down the court and you've got some place, then you can always go back to retweak it a little bit. I, I'm a big believer in that, that it's never going to be perfect. We're going to have to change it a little bit. It's, but if you don't know um, what the response is, how will you go back and change it? So you really have to get it out the door, and that's going to allow for a few mistakes. So, uh, and I like that the group takes ownership, and even ownership of the mistakes. Mm. I think if once you own that mistake, it doesn't own you, mm. and you can move past it as fast as you can. Mm.
1: Once you own that mistake, it does not own you. That's a very that's a very I like that too because I think if you can have that mindset, it really frees you and separates you from the mistake. You are not the mistake; it's a mistake that have happened outside of you. Take ownership of that. I wonder, Stephen, because you have, you know, this. I love the, the approach you're taking and how you're describing and framing this whole idea of leadership, but also including the inventiveness side, where the invention pieces where mistakes are going to happen and experiments take place. Are there some Um, particular responses a leader could have to that person who took the the risk, made a mistake, and then raised their hand that may allow that person to feel as if, you know, it's not that I'm going to come down on you, it's not a bad thing, but how can we learn from this? Is there some learning questions that might be helpful to draw up that person to not take it so personally and become so devastated because a mistake occurred?
0: Well, you know, my world of innovation, in order to move forward, there's, there's going to be a learning curve. And that learning curve usually comes from mistakes. Mm. So it's really part of it. So we, I don't look at it, as, like I said, as a mistake. Mm. I, if it didn't work, what did we miss? See, it gives us an mm. opportunity to shine. It gives us an opportunity to figure it out. It gives us an opportunity to really zero down on it. Uh, I like that. So I guess it's just the way you look at it. Uh, mm. You, mm. You're not going to get it right the first time. Mm. You're just not. I know that. And and the only way to get it right is to make those steps to get the feedback from people or your customer or, you know, what could I do better? See, I, I also mm. believe that it's okay to, to – if you make that mistake or something goes wrong, to really look at it closely. It's okay to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't let it burden anybody, but let's look at it, see what happened, and then let's move forward. Hmm. I think having that attitude um, allows us to be very current and very fast on our feet and stay ahead of, um, I guess you could call it the competition, (laughs) (laughs) I guess we're really competing with ourselves, but um, in the marketplace today, how fast things move. It's important to move with them, right? And yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I love the two question you mentioned, you know, what did we um what did we um learn? I think it was how what can I do better is also another question that I can ask. And I think those questions are helpful to draw out of a person a sense of, okay, what could we have made, done better type of thing. And I also find that it's important because if that one person who made a mistake and that leadership did not handle that well, it could really have a trickle-down effect where people are going to not want to come and raise your hand as quickly as they can if that person was kind of berated or or are even handled in a manner where they feel like, oh, you know, I think it was better if i didn't say something
0: well it's going to come out in the end sooner or later (laughs) i i I think um everybody knows too that we we don't want surprises Mm. so it's best to raise your hand as fast as you can the last thing you want to do is be surprised and you definitely don't want to surprise your boss or your Mm. co-worker about something that happened we have a tendency that maybe it won't show up maybe later (laughs) but it usually does (laughs) so it's best to deal with this as fast as you can i think and move on we don't um we just don't look at it where you know we're gonna hash it out or Mm -hmm. point the finger at someone i I give i want to make sure i have some really great people that are happy making those decisions and and moving forward i think from self-esteem it allows them to take more on it allows, know that they're impacting the company. I really like that they'll take something on and they know they're contributing. I like that. Uh, and I think they like it too. And I think that's one reason why people stay, mm. is that they are making a difference. And what they say and what they do impacts the company. Mm. So take responsibility for it. Uh, and by doing that, you have to be a little brave. I think <laughs> half of this comes to... Um, our. Relates to being an inventor, innovator, or someone that's thinking that way. You ha- it takes a little courage, and mm. and that takes a while to to establish your your your, um, your confidence in yourself that you can make mistakes and recover for them very quickly, and that's okay.
1: You know, you mentioned a few things. I think is so powerful, Stephen, because you mentioned the word self esteem, confidence that that person realize that it also is their own personal development occurring and people will get that from that kind of leadership. And I wonder when that person feels and is being told or is communicated that what you're doing is making a difference, how can a leader highlight, spotlight that person in a manner where they are not just, they just don't feel it, but they are, it's been communicated to, communicated to them that you are making a difference, you are making an impact. What are some ways that that might be helpful?
0: Yeah, that's, that's really important too because we like to shine the light on, on what someone's doing, but we also share it within the group. So we, we really make it a, an attempt to, if someone has some certain assignment and that they've accomplished it, um, we share it. Mm. we celebrate it <laughs> and that took some time to 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 stop to recognize it because it mm-hmm. takes it it does take a little bit of time to do that mm. and and when you're everybody's working on projects and they're working you know so fast you have to s- take a moment right just take it doesn't take long but I think they appreciate it that it comes from myself or my co-founder and everybody gets copied on it and then they all celebrate each other's success mm. And, but it's all—it's always not just one person either. It's usually right. a team. We we always make sure that if we celebrate someone's success, we include the, the whole team if we can, mm. because in every situation it's usually a team. But um, mm-hmm. but we do take the time to do that. You have to.
1: I, I like that though. I, I think I think what you just kind of highlighted. Um, yes, so that one person, but also is a team because it's a team working together. But you have just mentioned that it's intentional, it's going to take, you know, it's not going to happen by default. You have to be, as a leader, intend to make certain that it becomes a cultural thing where everyone understands we celebrate each other. And so that leader has to be very, very uh, meticulous in making certain that that message is telegraphed to everyone at all times, I'm hearing.
0: I think it's, it takes some time to do that, and you have to recognize
1: it. Yes,
0: it, it took us a while to figure that out. I'm saying we didn't get it at first either, um, but because we see a lot of success with our program, that you no, know, we 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 stop and celebrate, and the small steps too. It doesn't have to be big projects. It could be just something that you accomplished. But it takes a little bit of time, and you have to recognize it and stop. And it, it, you know, it's interesting that we've done that, that we're seeing. More of our um, the people on the team of the company, they notify us when things are happening too mm. now. So they're keeping us abreast of what's going on too. So because they know that impacts how we perceive them, that impacts how the co workers perceive them. So we don't find anybody, f- you know, we, we, we don't see, any, we don't, we see very few arguments or someone. Um, stealing the spotlight, I don't think we see that i I think we're at that place where we do truly want the next person to succeed, and then we know that we're a stronger team for it right?
1: you know, so i I think that i what I like about that Stephen because you know one of the things I'm really big on is really how to cure toxic work environment, how to turn around, and I believe these things you're describing are very practical things that if a leader begin to Work on. It's going to take some time and intentionality, but I think that will set up uh, a chain reaction where it in itself becomes a healing, you um, can a healing um, moment for the the team. Mm-hmm. And also, I think over time, I believe people will just almost automatically behave this way, which is going to create more you know more engagement, uh, motivation. Uh, inspiration all those things are going to happen which will reduce that toxicity I believe in the workplace
0: you know absolutely what one thing I've noticed that everybody takes the lead from the culture the the attitude from the top and that's a big responsibility okay so (laughs) if you know that everybody's watching right and they're watching really when things go wrong and they're watching how you handle those things and I and, and I could see that um, by by not when something's a little difficult and you have to respond to it and they're they're watching maybe what you say and what you don't say and I think that impacts how they they conduct themselves right of those certain standards or how high you set the bar we set the bar very very high on how we conduct ourselves so we always keep that bar high so they see it and they have something to follow There's there's a there's a there's a culture there's an attitude there's how we're gonna treat people each person no matter if they're in the company or outside the company or a potential customer does not matter they see that the way we do that with everyone and so I think it just becomes part of their world this is the way we do it here mm-hmm. and so I do think it starts at that top and that um, whoever's leading that team needs to set that standard mm. and, and live by that standard and, and own that standard and if they make a mistake own it too mm-hmm. so they there's lessons in all of it um, we um, one thing I want to mention that's really important to me is um, obstacles mm. Right, there's obstacles in everything you're going to do every single day, and we all know that. And it really depends on how you look at those obstacles. And we've been helping everyone at the at our company look at those obstacles. It's just a way to shine. That they're really not obstacles; they're really opportunities to to show to show your your strength, to show your 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 attitude, to show who you are. So. We don't look at those mistakes or obstacles, whatever's in your way, we always look at that as an opportunity to do our best. And I welcome those. Those are really good things. Those are bad things. Those are really great things. So when something goes wrong, I look at this as an opportunity as a company to really shine. And I think they sense that too and they, they take that same approach.
1: I really love that and I'm glad that you took the time to kind of highlight that Stephen, because I believe that that takes time and from in my world is emotionally in, it's an emotionally intelligent person really I call it the emotional intelligent leader who is basically is self-aware and then managing the relationships around him or her as best as possible which I believe is doesn't happen overnight and so I think there's some kind of you know growth and and time element and intentionality but this leads us to a place of being professional at what you're doing you have a book that's coming out or is out that's called become a professional inventor i i kind of this is a great segue because it sounds to me that is not just an inventor but a professional inventor and how do we get to that point so tell us a little bit more about that book and uh we might be able to find some interest in and how we can find about that find out more about that book
0: well it is a Interesting uh, segue because this book is very important to me. I've been in the space of of helping others with ideas, bring those ideas to market through licensing. Um, But what I realized, I needed to take it a step further. And the only way to do that was to interview companies now to get their perspective, right, on how they work with inventors. So uh, I took the time and interviewed 28 leading experts in 17 different categories on how do they perceive us and what could we do right and what could, you know what are we doing wrong and, and how can we become a professional full-time inventor and by doing that what happened I, I realized it's really how you um conduct yourself it's not your success rate but it's how um, by understanding what their needs are and understanding how you can fit into their culture um it's really an attitude. It's really understanding who you're working with and, and making yourself an asset to that company and building those relationships and having that understanding of what they need and what you need. But it, it really slows it down a little bit. And it helped me, um, I think, give up. I, I think it's going to help anybody that's creative to say, look, how do I. Fit into other types of opportunities that are out there, and understand their perspective—not just mine. And so now you know it's really working as a team. That's what it is.
1: You know, I, that is a—you know—to me that as you describe it, I can't even, I'm getting—I'm sitting here thinking, okay, as a business owner, you're describing some principles that are also true because you have to be. To see what it is a consumer of a, you know needs what it is that they're looking for find out do the research and then try to find a way how can you serve so you're in a sense through your book is basically speaking about that kind of approach that that leader in this case an inventor needs to know
0: it's very important I thought um, most inventors th- thinks it's just the idea that matters but it's not it's <laughs> it's um, Companies are interviewing not only your idea, but they're interviewing you. And because if they do like your idea, they have to take you into their their organization. And they need to make sure you're the right fit. Hmm. So it's not about the idea. It's about understanding understanding about their business, taking the time, slowing it down, asking good questions. It's really... um, understanding how you fit in a little bit. yeah. So I, I, it was, it was interesting because it, it had me reflect back on my career when I first started out a little bit too. So it's come full circle for me, but I think people are going to be surprised when they read how all these companies have a common thread. Mm. They're a little bit different, but there's a common thread of being that professional. Mm. And it has nothing to do with your idea. It has to do with, A little bit of your emotional intelligence, too, a little bit, right? Understanding the situation.
1: Yes, yes. And that's why I think it's so parallel, though. I think that it's so parallel as your book. Because when I first saw the title, I'm thinking, okay, invention. But I see how it's almost like it it weaves into the idea of a, a leader, a business leader. Because all the things you're describing is what they need to do when it comes to their own people understanding more about them, how to then find a way to, to treat them because you have to know them so to build the know, like, and trust factor that is so critical. And you took the time to have done that. I think you create a wealth of information for inventors, but I think it's also the principles are true across the board for, for leadership.
0: I, I think they're absolutely true. Right. There's um, I think there's a formula for success mm-hmm. in, in anything you do. Yeah. Okay. And it just happens to be in this one particular area, but I do believe um, there's some very common principles yeah. to 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 being successful in anything you want to try. Mm. So I, I I'm glad you said that because yeah. I yeah. Um, there's a bigger picture happening here. I mean, so and I also like to believe that some of the things that I've been teaching that they can apply to any parts of their life.
1: Yes. Yeah, and that's what I heard when you were talking about the ideas of how you went about looking at this book differently and how it's self-reflection and all those things, I believe, wow, this is really some great principles here. So where would a person be able to find or get more about this book and more about you, Steven, that would be that they could say, Hey, you know, I want to check this out.
0: Well, you can also, if you're interested about innovation and how that all works, you can always go to our YouTube channel called invent, Right TV. We have a huge audience there. We have some great, um, close to 500 videos on how to, wow. how to be creative and what to do with your creativity. Um, and also you can find Become a Professional Inventor that just launched. You can find that on, on Amazon. But make sure you find my landing page because we're giving away a lot of freebies along with the book because I do believe a book is great, but you need other things too. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's a lot of other stuff that we're adding to the book to really help you become that professional inventor
1: and the landing page would would it be the invent right
0: um it's going to be on invent right i'm not quite sure what the link is okay i can i can give that to you but okay you can find it on amazon it just launched uh it's a big book okay so i have to tell everybody it, it's over it's 400 Ooh. i think it's 490 pages and uh there's I tried to uh, cover everything I possibly could, and I got so – once I started interviewing companies, I couldn't stop Mm. (laughs) because I wanted to know what they had to say, and they had to say it. So it it was a labor of love, and writing books is is not an easy thing to do. But I'm going to keep – the thing about this that I love so much, I'm going to keep interviewing companies because there's so much more there. Yeah. So we need to have both. We need to understand both sides to this, yeah. and build a bridge between companies looking for ideas and people that have ideas, and build the bridge. That's what the book is about: building the bridge so both sides can be successful.
1: You know that really is a great wrap on this because I think you know how even a leadership idea. One of the things I talk about in my book, the more intelligent leader, I, I talk about the idea of um, collaboration and partnership and relationship. That's a bridge building between you and your people, your team, so that they can be a, a part of what's happening. And people tend to rise up and support and rally behind something they had uh, a part in. So it's not just something created in, in the thin air and brought to their attention. So I love the idea of how you summarize that, Stephen, that it's a bridge that you will build between the inventor and those outside. So I think that those principles are true almost you know, to all people at all times, at all places.
0: You know, the bridge building has a lot to do with leadership, too. Very much so. (laughs) They're very much tied together. So that's why I'm very proud of this book. And hopefully uh, people will... um, be able to see both sides, they'll be more successful, and maybe they can use some of the principles in other parts of their life. I'm very proud of it.
1: You should be. And again, the book is called Become a Professional Inventor. And Stephen is spelled with a P-H, so it's S-T-E-P-H-E-N, and the last name is Key, K-E-Y, Stephen Key. And Stephen, today you have really delivered a lot, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. So... Is there any last one last word or a question or thoughts that maybe you have one to share with us? Uh, you can feel free to do that right now.
0: Well, the only thing I'd like to say is, first of all, thank you very much, Kingsley, for having me on. But I also want to tell everybody: if whatever you want to do, um, take that first step. It's okay, and you're going to trip up a little bit, and that's okay too. So um, find someone, find a, a mentor, or find. Someone that can help you through this journey, you're going to need help. So, And I do believe um, you're part of that journey for everybody, and hopefully I'm part of that journey as well. But you do – anytime you want to be successful, you you need to find the next guy that's done it, that can pull you up. He's out there. Find him.
1: Well said. I couldn't have asked for a better rap than that, Steven. So thank you so very much for taking the time and uh, sharing with us. It's a great insight and things you have earned along the way, not only because of what you've done, but you said you have earned the gray hair to show that it's it's part of the, the journey. So thank you so very much, sir. Thank you. And there you have it, my friend, I told you this was one of those shows where there's so many things that we discussed. And I hope that you've honed in on that one thing that you want to take away the most useful for you because that is what's going to make a difference and move you closer towards your goal. And I know this show was a bit this show was a bit longer than normal, but you know, I wanted to not cut out anything that would flows that I think is helpful for you. And so I hope you appreciate me leaving all the parts in so that you could have a full taste of what that Stephen shared on this episode. My friend, because of the length, I don't want to take much more time, but to say thank you so very much for taking the time to be with us, to be with me on the show, be with me and Stephen. Please let him hear from you. Connect with him. Comment on the platform of your choice. Leave a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts. Comment on the social media, for example, in LinkedIn, especially where I post this as I post on other social media platforms, but that's where I have a lot more engagement. So I would like for you to join me there. And if you're not following me on LinkedIn, go ahead and do that and make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. By subscribing, you immediately is notified that the show, a new show is out. And I have a very big announcement I want to make in the next show that you want to hear, and don't miss it, okay? Remember, my friend, you are one skill away. One skill away from your best hope. So let's now put the show back into the vault. So here we go, let's do that together. Here we go, here we go. There it is. It's now touch away safely, so I can exit the command center. The Immortelligent Leadership Institute, and now say our goodbye. With that said, my friend, peace out, God bless, and I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.